Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Mass and All Access podcast, Paul Mancano and Bobby Blanco. Well, pretty exciting week for the Orioles. Getting rid of just about half their team, pretty much a fire sale. We don't have much to talk about at all, do we, Bobby? Oh, hardly anything at all. I mean, it's just the trade deadline, and the Orioles only traded, what, five players or six players so i mean it's just a little thing here or there and then we can probably carry on with our lives i'm sure yeah oh probably six players but who's counting uh starting with the manning machado trade a week ago and finally ending with right up until the deadline jonathan scope the very last one to go at 4 p.m on july 31st a lot to discuss this team is in a full full rebuild we, didn't sure, we weren't sure exactly how far they would go deeply into this rebuild. They have gone all the way in. Jonathan Scope, Kevin Gosman, probably the two most notable uh, deals done within the last hour of the trade deadline. They get a bunch of prospects back. They get some international signing bonus money as well. Scope going to the Brewers, Gosman going to the Braves. Bobby, your initial take... Uh, as everything was unfolding, you were in the room. We were doing that Mass and All Access show. Pretty shocking when it happened. Yeah, um, well, you know, football starting tonight. The Ravens are in the Hall of Fame game, and RG3 is going to make his Ravens debut. You know, he was all in for week one. The Orioles are all in for the rebuild. I mean, oh. I was pretty surprised that um, they uh, right before the deadline, they traded Kevin Gosman and Jonathan Scope. No, throughout the day or leading, like the day before in the day, of the trade deadline, we kind of got the sense that all right, one of these guys is going to go because they're getting pretty heavy interest from other teams. So they'll probably dish one of them. You would think they would keep the other in terms of, you know, all right, we need to build around one of mm-hmm. these guys. If we're going to do the, the, you know, rebuild or have somewhat of a, a progressive future. Uh, personally, I thought that would be scope. You know, you trade Manny Machado, obviously. I think, all right, if you got rid of Machado, you got to have to keep Jonathan scope and, that's the, your player of the future. You know, he's under control for one more year. You build around him. You extend him um, for a couple more years, make him the Oriole for, you know, five or six, whatever, however many years that would be. And then you build with the young players around him because he's a young talent, all-star last year, most valuable Oriole. Nope, they ship <laughs> him off to Milwaukee um, and send Kevin Gosman to join Brad Brock with Darren O'Day uh, to Atlanta. So that, to me, was just like, all right, yeah, we're starting from scratch. And, Paul, don't forget, they had a deal in place for Adam Jones to go to Philadelphia, yep. and he nixed that with his 10 to 5 right. So, um, you know, it could have been worse, actually, if you come, come to think of it. Like, they could have, this could be a completely different team. They were, I mean, talk about the faces of the franchise. You know, Manny Machado was the young superstar. He's gone. He passes the torch to Jonathan Scope. He's gone. But you still have the captain, Adam Jones. He could have gone, but he says, and yeah, that deal. I mean, Scope was, uh, we all knew Manny was going to go because, you know, the fact that his contract was up. But the fact that Scope at age 26 uh, became expendable to this team just shows what a dire situation they are in. 
It was weird, though. When he left, he confirmed the fact that the Orioles never even approached him for an extension. Uh, you would think, yep. even at the winter meetings last year, when they were saying, you know, we're going all in, we're getting two starting pitchers, we think we can compete in the AL East, that they would approach their 26-year-old shorts, second baseman, rather, of the future and try to get a deal done. But it sounds like, from all reports, they didn't even try. I don't know if that's the right way to go. If you want to have a guy around, at least, you know, if you're looking to compete right now, definitely keep him around. And if you're looking to rebuild, this guy is still young. He's still entering his prime, really. Was an all-star last year. You'd think you would want to keep him around for a while. They didn't even try. It's kind of like what happened with Manny Machado a couple years ago. Going into spring training, there were reports that in small discussions about an extension with him, but not really. And I'm pretty sure Dan Duquette kind of said, no, not, we haven't really gotten that too far down that road. Obviously, Machado gets traded a, a mm-hmm. couple weeks ago. Same thing with Scope. You know, they don't, so that to me just tells me, all right, this is a com- complete rebuild. We are, we're, we're starting from scratch. Like, we're setting this team back, what, three or four years now, and we're fine with that. We're going to go get young, controllable talent. We're going to uh, look in the international market. Rockabaco, MassSports.com reported just a while ago that um, they should expect the Orioles to – they're processing medical, review, medical reviews excuse me, on six international players, so they're already dipping their toes on the international market. Um, yeah, and not approaching Jonathan Scope for a contract. That, to me, shows me this was their mindset all along for the past month or so that, you know what, we're not, we're not going to try with these. This, is, this, this era is over. We're going to go start somewhere else. Start yeah, uh, Scope was the, the one that happened uh, right up at the deadline. We'll touch on the Gosman trade and talk about that stuff, but let's finish breaking this one down. They got back from the Brewers veteran second baseman Jonathan Villar as in addition to three prospects, I believe, or two, three or two prospects. Um, I believe it was, yeah. Yeah, it was two. Two prospects. Uh, Villar actually is kind of interesting piece to me. I know he's the oldest guy on that uh, that list. He's just 27 years old, so he's not like he's at the end of his rope. Uh, he's under team control until 2020. Sounds like they're just kind of taking a gamble on this guy. He did have uh, lead the league in steals two years ago as part of a breakout campaign. Just hasn't matched it in 2017. This guy might be able to play in the future, and this guy, instead of Jonathan Scope, could be the veteran veteran on this team when they ultimately can compete again. Yeah, it's funny. He's kind of like, you know, the torch. We said the torch was passed from Manny to Scope. Now it might be passed to Villar because now Villar starting at second base. I believe he's actually wearing Jonathan Scope's number six too, which is kind of funny. Um, so yeah, he's the guy that you know. Out of the, all these trades the Orioles made, they acquired 15 players. 14 of them are minor leaguers. Um, and now Villar is one of those and now being called up. And he's going to make his uh, Orioles debut today with the, with the Big League Club in Texas. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he's a young piece, 27, like you said. Plays the infield strong. He's got some speed on the bases. He can lead off. He's in the leadoff spot tonight. Um, you, know, if, you know, he performs well the second half or I guess these last mm. two months. This could be a guy that you – all right, the Orioles are – okay, this is the guy that we can keep around for a little bit while longer. He's controllable. This could be our centerpiece for the young future. And, you know, again, young, controllable, and I don't want to say cheap, but not as expensive as other players. Yeah, uh, it was two prospects, Gene Carmona and Luis Ortiz. Carmona is a switch-hitting shortstop. Ortiz was the bigger prospect in this deal. 
one of the top pitching prospects in the Brewers system, kind of fell off as of late, but he uh, for years was rated near the top of that Brewers system. 22 years old now. He's just got to develop some consistency at double A. Let's switch over quickly to the Kevin Gosman trade. Uh, I think there's a lot of concern just because of the Orioles history that Kevin Gosman could become the next Jake Arrieta guy who struggles in Baltimore and then gets it all together. Once he leaves, puts together all of his nice pitches and puts together a Cy Young caliber season. Are you worried, Bobby, about that? Because there's a thought in the back of my mind it could possibly come to fruition. I know. Uh, me personally, yeah. I, I, if, me personally, yes, I'm a little worried about it. I think that Arietta nightmare maybe kind of haunts Orioles fans. I do know, however, know there are some Orioles fans who, for lack of a better term, are just were kind of over Kevin Gosman. You know, he never really lived up his potential. He addressed that to the media when he met with them um, before he left. Um, he never really reached that top of the rotation potential that he was supposed to when he first got here. He always showed flashes. He would always, you know, he would have really good and then come kind of going back down and only go like four innings. He always started out slow in the season and had better second halves. So he never really lived up to his potential. And I think some Orioles fans, I actually, I know for a fact, some Orioles fans were kind of like, all right, we, we it is. Uh, let's, let's try to move on and see what we can get for him. And I think they like, for the most part, I've heard that they like the return that the Orioles Braves, or I guess you say the Atlanta Orioles now, but um, uh, I, I it, for me personally, yes, it's kind of worrisome that all right, this kid, we kept, we've seen Kevin Gosman, I mean, I've seen him his, his entire career at his best when he's on, he is a he's very good, but we he does struggle with inconsistencies, so uh, it's it's a little bit of a fear I have, yeah, sure, but uh, you know, it's I would be more, I would want be more afraid if they had trade Dylan Bundy. I think he's going to be a stud later, so I'm glad the Orioles kept on the Yeah, uh, that is the one piece that they did hold on to. Bundy is a few years younger uh, and potentially, I mean, hopefully has as much upside, if not more upside, than Kevin Gosman. The pieces they get back in that Kevin Gosman deal, Darren O'Day going to uh, the Braves in addition to Kevin Gosman. Orioles receiving Brett Cumberland, Gene Carlos Encarnacion, Bruce Zimmerman and Evan Phillips, four minor league prospects, as well as international bonus slot money. Bobby, we've talked about the fact that the Orioles have now committed, claimed that they are going to pay more attention to the international bonus uh, slot, pay more attention to the international market. They hopefully have some deals in place with six international prospects. Victor Victor Mesa is the guy that um, everybody in Baltimore has their eyes on. So that, that is definitely a plus. And then you get four prospects, uh, including Bruce Zimmerman, who, by the way, is a local guy from, uh, yep. I believe, Lo- Towson, I believe. Lo- yeah, and Loyola Blakefield High School. So pretty close. Um, but, yeah, they got four prospects. They didn't exactly in any of these deals get ridiculous top prospects. The only real top prospect they got was the one that they got back in the Manny Machado deal. Uh, that would be Neil Diaz. Diaz. So that's like the, the top prospect they got. He went right to the top of their system. Other than that, they got guys who have slotted into the 10s to you know 15 spots in their uh, system. So that helps. That helps build up their, their system. Quantity, definitely. Quality, not quite as much. But look, beggars can't be choosers at, at some point. 
Right. Um, uh, I, I, and that's how you do the rebuild. I mean, you just get rid of you get what get rid of what you can and give back as much as you can. So that be young prospects, international bonus money. Um, you know, was it six for five, basically? Six players for five yeah, prospects. Yeah, roughly. I mean, that's 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 a pretty good ratio for the Orioles, and and that's how you do it. six you for know, fifteen. Like getting two. Six for fifteen. I'm sorry, you're right. Uh, that's about six for fifteen. So that's roughly um, you know three prospects for every player you're giving up, and that's how, that's how you do it. You you stock depth in the farm system. You know the Orioles farm system is notorious for not being too great um, compared to other teams. But you build up that farm system, add some strength, add some depth. Well, I mean, I'm actually – it's sad to see all these players leave, but I think this kind of cleaning out house and bringing a bunch of new guys makes Orioles games more interesting come September when September calls come around and rosters expand because a lot of these young guys you could possibly see join the big league club because the team going to need to figure out who, all right, who can play and who needs to be bumped up to double-A, triple-A for next year, who's going to might break camp with the team next year. Um, and play at this level. So I would, I'm looking forward to September ball in Baltimore. Yeah, it certainly is, I think, a whole lot more exciting when you have a team of young guys and you have a lot of guys who are on the cusp of making the major league, uh, their major league debuts and guys who are beginning to develop as opposed to watching a bunch of veterans just kind of, you know, play out the season. Just, uh, you know, it, it just makes everything much more exciting. It gives you storylines to follow. And it's just far less depressing to be – it's way less depressing to be young and bad than it is to be old and bad. And the Orioles before the trade deadline were old and bad. They got an infusion of youth uh, at this deadline. Bobby, one more thing I want to talk about. I do have a game to play at some point. But I talk, I want to talk – I love games. <laughs> Good. Good. I'm glad. I do too. Uh, but, what? I mean, they got the talent. That's step number one. I would say the harder part now comes in developing that talent. The Orioles don't have a great history of doing that pretty much since Andy McPhail left. Um, you know, they developed Machado, they developed Scope, they developed Bundy. But beyond that, they don't have that many success stories coming up from their minor leagues. You hope that they can really develop these guys because otherwise the talent will be wasted. Yeah. I mean, it's great to go get all these prospects, get 15 guys and, and claim you're in the rebuild and go out and make these moves. But it means nothing if, you know, these guys don't continue to improve as players and as people off the field um, and come up and be able to play big league ball. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they work that out. I've right across different affiliates and they'll get different options and different opportunities to play. But, um, yeah, and I think also part of that is the leadership – in the clubhouse once they get to the big league level. You know, like we mentioned earlier, Adam Jones is still around. You know, they've got guys like Chris Davis. Um, uh, who else did he mention? Um, I mean, you know, Bundy's been around for the pitchers. Yeah. Uh, Kashner, Cobb, you know, guys who have been there. Yeah. So it kind of there's, – there's still people in place to act as role models for these young guys. So it's not just, you know, all right, here, kind of throwing you in the, in the deep end and like, all right, you know, perform. You know, it's kind of like a growing process. And that's kind of the whole idea of buying a rebuild is you have to gr let these guys grow. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, let's get into the fun stuff. Um, this is a little bit of a quick podcast. Bobby, you're on the road. I want to get to the fun stuff as soon as possible. So we all know that, uh, you know, at the trade deadline, you're either buying or you're selling. Uh, I have a list of things. They're just random things. 
that I'm going to give you. You tell me if you buy or sell, if you're in or out on these things. How does that sound? Sounds good to me. All right, let's go pretty rapid fire here. Uh, the topics are fairly wide ranging. Buy or sell candy corn? Oh, sell. Not a big candy sell, corn guy. Not a candy corn yeah. guy? No, please give me actual candy bars at Halloween. Yeah, it's a little waxy for my taste. Buy or sell yeah. hair conditioner? Ooh, conditioner. You know what? Uh, I'll buy. Now, I don't always use it, but I buy. I, I see that. I see the purpose it plays. Okay. You don't always use it. Do you use it sometimes? I have conditioner. In my, uh, yeah. You know, if it's available to me, I would use it. But like, I don't have it always on on stock. You know, in my bathroom. Gotcha. If I go, if I go home to my parents' house or I'm on the road and whoever's, you know, it's provided to me. Like Paul, when we travel to spring training or winter meetings or whatever. Yeah. I always use the conditioner the hotel provides. Yes, fair enough, fair enough. I'm not a big conditioner guy. I would sell hard on this. Okay, um, that's fair. Uh, but I get that side too. Yeah. Uh, Bobby, we've talked a lot about your facial hair on this show. Buy or sell electric razors? I have one. I buy. You buy? Yeah, I have one. Um, do you – so you you always have, though, like a solid stubble. I mean, do you put it on like a certain setting and just kind of – you know, you don't you don't get a close shave, do you? No, no, I like a little stubble. Yeah, like at least what you said, I would. Uh, usually, I start out at like it counts down or it counts up. So like seven isn't that isn't that short. So I start at seven and then I'll go a little lower to like five or maybe four to like get like the hard corners. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, and you know I I really struggle with any kind of facial hair. I got one of these fairly recently. Wow, wow, what a difference! <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it's just a faster process. I mean, just we had the technology. Let's use that. Yes, exactly, and far less blood involved usually. Far less correct. painful. Correct, correct. Um, okay, uh, safeguards put in place. Buy or sell. This is a hot button issue in the mass and video. The Oxford Ooh, yes. comma. Oh. You know, massandsports.com, we stick to the AP uh, script like we usually do. But if you're asking me as a personal writer, I prefer it. You do prefer it. I, I do I, as well. I grew up using it. Uh, and my Jesuit education taught me to use it. So I think it looks neater, and I think it's, it clearly specific or specifies what you're trying to say. Exactly. It, it, it takes out any vagueness. I don't yes. understand why this movement has been to take it out. I guess it's because the AP style of thinking is the less punctuation, the better. What, what does that mean? That's so the less punctuation, punctuation. The, the, the easier the read is for the reader, you know, because it, there's less like pausing or stopping. But I, I, I'm, I'm for Oxford, Kyle. A panda walks into a bar, eats, shoots, and leaves. You need punctuation, Bobby. You need it. <laughs> um, all right. Buy or sell The Rock, as in Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Buy. buy. I mean, yeah. you like I mean, him? If you yeah, if you would have asked me like 15 years ago, I'd be like, who's this wrestler donk trying to act? <laughs> but now he's. Now he's the biggest action superstar in all of Hollywood. I mean, yeah. he cranks out movies. I respect him. I mean, he cranks out movies, he gets his money, and uh, he does it again. Dude does definitely make bank and is in Dude. just about every movie. Apparently, Jumanji was phenomenal. I haven't seen it. I want to, but apparently it was phenomenal. Rampage. I grew up playing that video game. I want to go see it. You know, I'm in. Yeah, see, neither of those movies really strike my fancy. I like, I like the OG Jumanji. No one can beat that original Robin Williams Jumanji. I have no, I have no comment because I haven't seen the new one. So. Oh, oh, okay, fair, fair. All right, um, uh, all right, uh, Bobby, buy or sell free lollipops at the bank. <laughs> buy. I mean, who, who, who sells that? Paul, I go to the bank all the time to deposit my paycheck, and I uh -huh. go to the drive-thru. Because I go to my, I mean, this is the bank I've gone to my whole life. My parents go to the same bank. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, when I was little, the teller would see me in the back seat and send um, a lollipop back in the tube. Yep. Now yep. that I am a 26 year old, I guess supposedly a 26 year old man. I don't know if an adult is is a, uh, a right term to use for me, <laughs> but they refuse to send me lollipops every time I go. I sneaky hope like maybe someone's just gonna give me a, a little treat and send me a lollipop, make my day. Yeah. No, I I thought about. Uh... I've thought about pretending there's a kid in the backseat and be like, oh, Billy, do you want one? Ah, okay, yeah, let's get a lollipop. I've always, uh, always thought, like, because when they're like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, hey, do you mind sending a lollipop back? <laughs> but uh, I was like, ah, that's, that, that might be a little too of a stretch for me. Yeah, and then they look through the glass and see that you're a grown man with a beard. Uh, yeah. Then it just gets weird. <laughs> yeah, um, you know what? The looks, not great. Yeah, all right. Uh, buy or sell Christmas decorations in November. Uh, uh, was Thanksgiving, so half by. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, okay. You can't Friday, do like November fifteenth. No, not for me. Uh, but my family, we get our Christmas tree like the weekend after Thanksgiving. We start decorating the Friday. My mom starts decorating. She's we're all in on Christmas, so it's technically November. So I guess buy, but it has to be after Thanksgiving. Okay, fair enough. Uh, buy or sell Q-tips. Ooh. <laughs> Buy because they have other uses. You know, I use Q-tips to clean up my wash my wash face. You know, add a little uh, nail polish remover, a little rubbing alcohol, cleans the wash face right up. Um, I gotcha. don't use Q-tips every day. I know you're not supposed to do that because they yes. more so just jam the earwax in your yes. ears. Yes, that's not good for you. Yeah, but you know, every once in a while, to get a little swap in there, I don't think is is too bad. So buy. yeah. Uh, I'm a, the son of an audiologist, and I can tell you it is not great for your ears the more you do it. It's not it's not ultimately detrimental unless you go really far in. But, yeah, you got to be careful with those Q-tips. Still, it's a great feeling. It's Cleaning out your ears with Q-tips is like getting a fresh shave. It's like getting a new haircut. Yes, it's a great yes. feeling. You know what? I, I, I equate it to, like, you know when you get water in your at, at the pool and you finally, yes. like, get it out? That's the feeling I get when like, I get a nice Q-tip like cleaning. Yes, absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, one more. All right. Uh, buy or sell universal health care. Just kidding. Uh, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> I got one for you. Yeah. I right, was thinking just for sports, and I mentioned it earlier because it crossed my head. Buy or sell Hall of Fame game. Are you into the Hall of Fame game? No. The start of preseason football, or do you not care? You know, I'm going to go buy here barely because it's – it, to me, it's like I, I don't get the whole Hall of Fame game. I don't know why we have a game at the Hall of Fame. I don't know why. Like, it's just so. And the title Hall of Fame game makes you think there are Hall of Famers playing in the game, which True. it's not. It's ninety-eight percent scrubs who are not even going to make the team because it's the first preseason game. I don't get yep. why it starts early, but I am still buying because I am desperate for football of any kind at this point in the season. So I'm I'm ready for any kind of football. I'll probably watch I watch every one of the Eagles preseason games. I'll probably watch some of the Hall of Fame games as well. Yeah, might as well. I mean, I I think I buy too. I agree with the it's kind of overhyped, but it is cool to see an actual game being played. I always feel bad for the teams though because training camp literally started a week ago. So how do you prepare for a full game? Yeah, in just one week. I mean, I know it's a spring. Tra- I mean, a spring training game, um, a preseason game, but you know it's still tough to. You know, especially if you're like a brand new team and a new head coach, like it's that's that's tough. Yeah, and it's not like uh, other sports like basketball or something. If you make if you're confused about something, you make the wrong move in football, you could wind up on your ass. Like yeah, you, can, oh, you know, seriously, like seriously hurt. You could if you go the wrong way. If you think a block is supposed to go one way because you've only seen the play for a week or something, I, I don't get. It seems a little too 
seems a little premature for me and yeah. a little dangerous at times. But yeah, yeah I, I completely agree with you. Yeah, so uh, buy yourself. Thank you for playing that game, Bobby. It was fun. Oh, of course. I, I enjoy games. Uh, so, else, please. Uh, so that was a quick little Mass and All Access podcast. Be sure to follow us uh, on Twitter, Facebook, on uh, at Paul Mancano, at Bobby underscore Blanco. Uh, you can rate, subscribe, all that stuff. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, anywhere that you can find podcasts, you can find the Mass and All Access podcast. Bobby, thanks so much for joining me from the road. No problem. We'll talk to you later, Paul. Sounds good. Uh, Take it easy, everybody.